Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's April 4th, 2019. My name is Sophie Will and I'm the managing editor and Abby can't make it with us tonight, but we are so excited to have Jenny Rollins, the former managing editor with us instead. Hi, Jenny. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's good to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your experience with Buns, when you graduated, things like that. Yeah. um, So I started with Buns as just one of the regular um, writers as a graduate student. I walked in and had no idea what I was doing, and they needed somebody to cover a story. Um, So I raised my hand and wrote a thing when I hadn't ever really written a new story before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the beginning of all of it. It was the beginning. And you ended graduate school being the... Managing editor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so tonight we wanted to talk about, you know, what it's like to run a new or- news organization and also why we both got into journalism, um, me in the middle of journalism school and you at the end of journalism school getting your diploma at the end of this semester when you walk with everybody else. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, now that you're done with school and buns, um, what are some things that you wish you knew about being an editor? Um, I wish that... I had learned a little bit more about how to work with writers on their stories. Mm. Um, I really like fixing things and Mm. I'm good at fixing things. Um, And so I usually just like do it all myself. Mm -hmm. But there's something really satisfying about actually sitting down with somebody and walking them through things and seeing them improve and get better and not make those same mistakes later. Right. Um, So I... I started off as as an editing minor in my undergrad, and I know how the language works, and I know Mm -hmm. how to make it sound good, but Mm -hmm. being an editor is very much a leadership role in journalism, Mm -hmm. Um, and the whole management of it, I I wish that I had a better grasp on that before I started. Yeah, me too. I definitely, I mean, I started in Buns as just a regular writer. Um, and then last semester, I was the in-depth um, and investigative data editor. And that was a blast, but um, I was still writing and interacting with the writers. And I, now that I'm managing editor, one thing that surprised me was the extra degree of separation that I am from all of you know the nitty gritty that goes on. Um, and I kind of miss it, to be honest. And I miss you know being right there in the action, whereas I'm kind of handling all the administration and and putting out fires on the on the larger scale, um, which. You know, I I love and I love this position, but I I really do miss being right there in the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely true that with journalism, it's interesting that you can, in order to advance, Mm -hmm. you start off as a reporter. And then as you get further up, it's basically like any other business where eventually when you get high enough up, mm-hmm. you're just a professional meeting goer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for real. you just sit in meetings all day and you deal with a lot of the management and the stress instead of like journalism becomes a, a business and a company mm-hmm. instead of you know, this altruistic thing that we get into because we care so much. And it, it, right. you can retain that, but it was interesting for me to see that in my own personal 
right. life with, with buns. Right. So the good and the bad. Let's start with the bad. Um, what were some of the more difficult things that you had to go through um, and manage when you were managing editor of buns? Yeah. Um, so our lovely advisor, mm-hmm. she was on sabbatical. Michelle Johnson was on sabbatical mm-hmm. um, when I was a copy editor for, for buns. And I. that's when I learned... Um, kind of the ropes. Yeah. And I kind of learned them. We were all struggling to figure out Mm -hmm. what was going on and how to do things without, um, without Michelle Johnson there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really learn from her how to be an editor. And then because she wasn't there and then she came back into the picture, um, we lost a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and I started off, um, right at the beginning of the semester without any staff. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody right. under me, and I had to figure out really quickly. Usually they hire people before the semester starts, right. and suddenly it was just me, and the semester had already started. A lot of mm-hmm. people already had jobs, already had commitments. Yeah. Um, some people had had bad experiences and didn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started off not really having a lot of training in what I was mm-hmm. <laughs> supposed to be doing. So I had to, I thrown into the deep end, learned really quickly. I managed to hire some really awesome people mm-hmm. um, who helped me out a lot, but right. it was definitely a steep learning curve right. at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I was there with you for that and just kind of watching you and supporting you in any way. I remember we were in Salem one day and you're like, I have every editor but a sports editor, which I mean, I've learned as a managing editor is the hardest position to fill. Um, But we're very lucky this semester to have Ricky Houston, who is um, very passionate and very good at his job. But, you know, filling editor positions is so, so big and it's so hard. Yeah, I tried to make it easier on you guys this semester so that we could get that started you know well before the semester started everybody could be on board and Mm -hmm. fill as many positions as possible with good people um so that you wouldn't have to inherit that kind of trash fire (laughs) so yeah and what about during the semester what did you conquer now that you had a team what are some of the things that you overcame yeah um i can say that our team really overcame a lot of those initial struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned how to work together. We we ran a whole digital publishing site with, with every sort of mm-hmm. journalism you can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, multimedia, we had data, we had, I suggested that we add a data section, mm-hmm. and an in-depth section, because we have a lot of really talented people who didn't have anywhere to put their stories. Right. So um, we were able to create a functioning publication from students who are in class full time, mm-hmm. which is really hard to do. Um, and we published at least a couple of things every day. We tried to stay up mm-hmm. on on task on everything. Um, with the election coverage, I think we really, yeah, we did a very good job with that. We, did. we all <laughs> we all put in a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Johnson really helped. Basically, all of BU came together, mm-hmm. and we had hundreds of people putting together hundreds of articles, and we got those up in record time. Um, yeah. Everything from from photo to video to audio to data to interactives. We had mm-hmm. everything in a live Facebook feed. Um, so we went from this kind of struggling. Yeah. team that didn't really have a, a whole lot of members who didn't really know what they were doing mm-hmm. to actually functioning and getting right. 
a lot of things out there. I was very pleased with, with yeah, our work. Absolutely. We did a lot of really good work and, you know, watching you and, and the struggles, but also the, the good things you overcame um, was a good pattern for me. And I mean, me this semester, obviously I inherited something that was a lot better than what you inherited. And I didn't have a lot of those initial struggles, but, um, you know, any kind of team building is hard. It doesn't matter if you're in journalism or business or really just anything. Building a team that works together and depends on each other and listens to a leader is really hard. Um, but we've really, I feel like me and my team have um, really become very cohesive and work together really well. Um, big events are really hard to cover. Um, and again, talking about that degree of separation where, you know, I'm there basically on my computer and on my phone, one in each hand, and I'm putting out little fires everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not working directly with writers, but it's, you know, an editor has a question here and we have a problem with the photo there and the WordPress is crashing over here. And yep. this surprise thing so happens over there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's I was so exhausted by the end of the Super Bowl that I <laughs> I remember standing there and I was like, if Boston could just like take a year or two off from winning championships. Oh, seriously, like, I though, need, I, I need know. a break. So, you know, if election coverage weren't enough, we also had the World Series. We had the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, our poor sports editor was yeah. like he did a good job with it. Yeah. But it was a lot to cover. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. So, um yeah, those are those are some of the things, and also in in terms of organization and just editor flow, um, you know, keeping everything the way it should be. And we have a new pitch document, and we use the Trello and using Slack, and keeping everything the same so everybody knows where everything is. Mm -hmm. It's really hard, and um, but it's very valuable, and we we've really come a really long way. Um, very proud of our team. So. Tell us a little bit, you already touched on um, some of the successes that you had, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the midterm elections and, you know, really just coming together and putting a whole bunch of multimedia on the site. What do, what do you think was the, some of the key takeaways um, of you being managing editor, some of the greatest successes that you had? Yeah, um, I think introducing a, a data section, introducing um, somebody who could work on the back end stuff that was mm -hmm. very useful yeah, to have we don't Christine. Have that this semester. I know, yeah, yeah. But it was it was so helpful, especially with all the, the midterm election. Um yeah, and that what was her editor position title? It was production editor, right? I think something like yeah, that. Yeah. She was great. Mm hmm Shout out to Christine. <laughs> she seriously, she saved my life. Um <laughs> but being able to do that, um I think the biggest thing that you can do as a managing editor or as a, the head of a publication is hire good people. Yeah. And I feel like I tried very hard to do that. And, you know, I was very happy with you because you came and you sat down and you so you, <laughs> you would take time to meet with people and go through their stories every week. Mm -hmm. You started the Weekly Wonder, mm -hmm. um, which has been really cool to see. Um, so hiring good people has been, you know, Diego, Flavia, and like all these people, yeah. we had really, really great team coming together. Right. Um, I think what what other people also find impressive is the variety of different types of journalism that we have there. We mm -hmm. have we had long form features, we had data stories, mm -hmm. we had, you know, audio stories, and we successfully worked with professors and students who were already creating these stories and found them the, and gave them a place to. Mm -hmm put 
these pieces that they had created. Right. Um, so I think overall, I, I believe that we left it a lot better than we found it. Mm-hmm. Um, we produced a lot of stories to more than, more than I had seen on the site before that it was, you know, multiple times daily. Um, and I think it gave Bonds a place to start from the next semester, and you guys have just excelled so much. Yes. I've been very yeah. happy with the progress that you've made. I've been very happy with the new things you've introduced. It was also, we introduced, you know, Trello and Slack, and, you know, I think, once again, hiring the right people, where I sat back and I was like, what are some things that we could do to make this easier? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't... I'm not super tech savvy and mm-hmm. you and Christine and you know a couple other people were like we should use Slack and I was like I know what that is yeah sure let's use Slack yeah we should use Trello and I was like I don't know what that is but you could <laughs> teach me yeah and we actually found ways to implement uh technology to make our lives a lot easier yeah. which we did not have right we had like a giant group text before that and it was terrible <laughs> yeah it was completely terrible Absolutely. so I'm very happy that we switched to those platforms. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think we had a really good foundation to start with, and we have just run. Um, we haven't yeah. gone a single day this semester without publishing something, um, even during spring break, which was really fun. And um, another challenge that I forgot to mention is um, trying to get people to pitch. It's really hard. And mm-hmm. last semester, um, when I was the in-depth editor, we had a lot of people come to pitch. Yeah. And then this semester, um, we're not having as many. And it's it's a little frustrating. But the what's funny about it is, is we're having the same amount of writers and the mm. same amount of stories come out. It's just that they're taking it um, digitally, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, any advice for being an editor in the journalism field is to be versatile and to be flexible mm-hmm. um, and to know that, you know, there are some problems that you can't fix. Um, you know, we've tried every every different way to fix some of these problems and some of them um, have nothing to do with us. Um, and just being patient and, and knowing that what we're doing is we're producing a lot of good work and to remember to um, congratulate and to, to give some kudos to your staff every once in a while because journalism is a thankless job and it, it means oh, yeah. a lot when you actually do get thanked. Yeah, that's it was something that I had to like I feel like I, I try to be a kind, graceful or I try to be a kind, grateful person. Mm-hmm. Um but I got like so wrapped up in the job and I got so wrapped up I think I described myself as a helicopter parent yeah um where <laughs> I just <laughs> had to just make sure that everything was going smoothly all the time um that I had to be like hold on pause for a second and tell mm-hmm. them that they're doing a good job because I was okay. thinking it mm-hmm. but yeah. I just I was like we need to we need to keep sorry we need to keep going yeah we need to get this done. And so I would have to be like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to breathe. And I'm going to tell these people that they're doing a good job. And yeah. I'm going to thank them for the things that they've done Yeah, because we're only getting paid for yeah. a certain number of hours and we probably double, sometimes triple that. Yep. So um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that your staff is doing right. a good job and trying really hard. And they want to put that effort in because they care. They care about the publication. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's wonderful um, when we do get thanks, and I sometimes have to remind myself that, um, you know, 
being in a leadership role, um, my personality is kind of just like, okay, you do this and you do this and you do this. And I forget that I'm like, hey, how's your day? <laughs> Thanks oh, for yeah. doing that. Um, and yeah. so sometimes I go back and I reread a message. and I'm like, by the way, I'm not mad at you. This is just yeah. something, um, you know, and that's across the entire journalism field. There's a lot of us that just forget to have time for the pleasantries. Um and the pleasantries matter. But um, also, you know, at a couple conferences I've been to, you talk to somebody and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's a really great editor, but she picks up the phone. Um, you know that there's like no hi. It's just like, what tell me want? what you need. Tell me what you need. And it's not because she doesn't like you mm -hmm. or she doesn't want to talk to you. It's I am dealing with a million things right now. Tell me what you need. And then we'll catch up later mm -hmm. when it's um, less stressful. So, yeah. um kind of finally what I think one thing that we all lose when we get into the thick of stories and editing and just the weeds of journalism is we forget why we do it um, and I think that you know being an editor is wonderful and I love it but also there are some times that I'm like why am I doing this job? <laughs> um, and so, you know, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, why do you want to do journalism and, and why, what keeps you going when you get through, when you get in the weeds? Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot um, since I'm not in J school anymore. I'm not in journalism mm -hmm. school anymore. Um, and as I'm looking for jobs and people are laying off all of the journalists and there mm -hmm. are just no spots anywhere. And in order to get spots, they're like, why did you get a master's degree when you could have had two years of experience? I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and so they're expecting the impossible mm -hmm. in order to hire people. And so it's so easy for me to be like, well, I could just go get like a, like, a, or I could just go into the publishing industry right? or I could just go into PR. I could just go into, you know, there yeah. are so many other things that you can do with a communications degree and nobody else outside of communications realizes the difference. Right. They're like, <laughs> yes, you, you, you write things. We need things written. Come write for Come us. Come do marketing, social media. <laughs> exactly. And they're like marketing, communication, social media. And I'm like, no. Those are all the different things. I don't want to do that. Those are that's and they're like and advertising. I'm like that's also a different thing. These are all separate things. You can't combine them. They're separate degrees. Thank um, you. So as I'm looking for these jobs and deciding what I want to do, something that's very much part of my decision is whether or not like I can consider this to be journalism because right. it's important to me because I know what it's like to have my voice taken away. Yeah. And being voiceless and feeling powerless and feeling you, like you don't have a platform through which you can be heard mm -hmm. is the most devastating thing that I have felt. Mm -hmm. Feeling that helpless is just so hard. Um, also, in our current political climate, not to get too far into politics, but... Um, there's a lot of hate being thrown at the media and mm -hmm. the media has just become a scapegoat for everything in the entire right. world. Um, um, and you know, I, my family lives in Utah. When mm -hmm. I go to Utah, there are a lot of people that will look at me and say, Oh, you're a journalist. Mm -hmm. You're one of those people. Right. Um, 
Same. I'm from Utah, too. That's one of the exactly. ways we know each other. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm in the doctor's office. And the nurse is like, oh, you're a journalist. <laughs> uh, one of those people. Or um, a, how's that going? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or they're like, oh, man, do I do I even want to talk to you? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that means that now more than ever, it is important that we have people telling the truth. We have right. people who are just pushing them so you have people who are pushing themselves super hard Mm -hmm. um honestly oftentimes to the breaking point or beyond the breaking point beyond (laughs) exactly (laughs) because we want people to be heard and we want an educated society so that they can know the facts and be able to be politically active and vote on those facts we want to share stories that are heartbreaking and uplifting and change the way that people see the world right and when i am up late at 3 a.m answering people's emails and editing things Mm -hmm. that's what i have to remember is that's why i'm there is to be to be the messenger right absolutely and You know, I think that's one of the main reasons why we all want to get into it is because, um, you know, I haven't met a single journalist that hasn't been like, I care a lot about voices being heard and I care a lot about stories. Um, And I mean, personally, I am just a huge fan of the truth. Um, And I I always kind of laugh um, because I used to be just almost too honest (laughs) and there's such a thing um and you know the truth can set you free and it can change lives and I care a ton a ton about um helping those who are underprivileged um and that's one of the reasons why I'm an investigative reporter is not only because I care about the truth (laughs) and investigative reporting is about finding the truth that nobody wants you to find um but I care about people that nobody else cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a challenge in journalism. You know, one of my favorite beats is the prison beat. Um, mm-hmm. And how do you get people to care about murderers and serial rapists? Um, the answer is it's very hard. Right. Um, but there's still people. And I think one of the main reasons why I love journalism is because I love stories and I love telling stories because it's a very human thing. It is from the dawn of time and every recorded thing that we have, people are telling stories because they change our perspectives, they open our minds, they heal our hearts and they give us um, love and support and the things that we need to hear and also remind us where we came from and where we're going. And I think for me, tapping into that very human thing mm-hmm. at the same time while, you know, helping those who are underprivileged and telling the truth and making voices heard, it's my dream job. And I, oh, yeah. I get to do I get to do research for fun. I get to play in spreadsheets and code such a for nerd. fun. I am. <laughs> it's so fun. And I love the chase. I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think being an editor is the hardest journalism job I've ever done, not because it's actually really that hard. It's a lot of leadership skills. It's more because I'm not in the field doing what I love. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, there's a time and a season for a lot of things, but um, I, being an editor makes me respect and love my editors all the more Mm -hmm. Um, and realize the sacrifices that they have made, but also the things that they have learned so that they can make me a better writer at this point in my career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all we have for today. Make sure to stop by Pitch Today at 630 in COM 321. Uh, check out our website at bunewservice.com and email us at bunewservice at gmail.com. Also, um, today and well, today is the wrap-up of VU Giving Day, but if you have anything else to give, um, we would really appreciate your support um, and any extra cash that you have to support student journalism. And finally, we have a new newsletter that hopefully your professors have seen, which is um, we take any extra pitches and we're sending them to your professors um, for your classes and your assignments. And it's hard to hear, but finals are coming up. So hop on those pitches as fast as you can. Um, And we are always pitch every Thursday, 6.30 p.m. So be there. Be there or be square. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks. This has been Between the Bylines. Thank you.